Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Flat Out Recovery. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And how are we today, gentlemen? Very well, very well. Loving the sunshine. Still cold, but but it's just nice. Brighter evenings and, and all that stuff. Cool. Yeah, I must take a minute to actually notice the sun because I've been quite peripatetic and quite busy recently. You need to get out of this black room. Well... Well, half black room. Okay, it's half dark, <laughs> but there's a reason for that. There's soundproofing of wood. Mm. I suppose I ought to finish it, really. <laughs> yeah. And how, how has our week been? For me, what do you always wait for me to talk? Because it's like you wait to see what I've brought and stuff like that. Well, no, that's your bit. I'm merely inquiring after your. Well, I wanted a Nintendo Switch, but the computer chips are few and far between because of crypto. No, not crypto. The resistors or something. The little chips have to put in absolutely everything these days for them to work. So people that order brand new cars can't have their brand new cars because they're sort of chips unless they want to minus some safety features on the car that's what I read and also my so you can get a new car missing safety yeah. features yeah 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 you actually read it up I looked it up and they're saying if customers want their cars quicker they will lose their lane assist their pedestrian assist and this assist and that's and it's all to do with safety features and what on earth is pedestrian assist is that where the car stops I don't know for a pedestrian I think it warns <laughs> or is that about picking up hitchhikers I think, I think pedestrian assist it said hitchhiker alert you must pick this one up you've missed the last three I don't know actually I wouldn't like to try it out I wouldn't like to rely on it definitely I certainly would not want to be buying a car in the knowledge that they got rid of certain safety features because <laughs> well, there was a chip missing I thought that it was a joke but it's absolutely true there's one company which is saying they can half the time their actual end cap euro rating drops from the highest stars to one below it it's mad so what does that mean in terms of safety? I mean, does that mean instead of getting a fully functional airbag, you get a pumpkin or something? <laughs> yeah. It's all done on the cheap, done manually. <laughs> I don't know. Airbags frighten me anyway in case they go off and knock you black. Sorry, out. we haven't been able to put brake fluid in here. We've had to use acetone instead of <laughs> yeah, anything yeah, we could yeah. get. <laughs> Yeah. That's actually quite worrying, Ronnie. Yeah, I know. I know Profit so. No, not for your Nintendo so much. I mean, you can cope without that for now, surely. Yeah, but yeah, I can cope without that. Yeah. You'll have six of them by the end of the month. No. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of business accounts on Amazon, because you mentioned that before yeah. we started. Yeah, I keep getting sent this stuff about that. And I haven't pursued it because I'm not ready to do that stuff yet. But I am thinking about it because it's obviously targeted me because I buy certain things. Yeah, not that yeah, often yeah. but they all seem to be related to the same whole I think and they're getting wind of the fact that I must be having ideas about it I think they've cottoned on that I buy six of everything you see because that's obviously my illness my disease of addiction you know it's my dear god what happens when you buy a new phone I know your Echo Dots talk to each other. What about phones? You don't have to buy several of everything. No, they're just too expensive to buy several of them aren't they? it's like really really expensive I wonder if you can get a job lot <laughs> you just say to Amazon, I want to buy six of everything I buy. Well, the business account, it's just silly, isn't it? <laughs> Name of business, me. Well, I mean, a lot of people do do that, and I think it's actually realistic for Amazon to offer something like that. Yeah. Because realistically, if you think about it, if you're starting a small business, you're going to use something like Amazon. Yeah, of course you are. I think it's good, but I don't know, I'll just... They invited me, so I felt like I ought to start the application. Just because you were invited, you felt like you ought to. That's very familiar to me, this idea of, oh, I'd better say yes because they've invited me. Yeah. Well, they invited me three times. The third time I thought, you know what, they've got me now. Same with a lot of things. Well, I've been a sod for that. I think sometimes I've seen things on offer and thought, oh, great, that's on offer. I must have it. 
And actually, I don't need it. Yeah. And I'm only saying yes because it's on offer. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I'm thinking, oh, this is great. It won't be on offer again. And then six months later, it's on offer for even less. Mm. But there's this saying, yes, thinking, what, you've chosen me? They've actually sent that email to hundreds of thousands of other people too. Oh, <laughs> you've ruined it. And it makes no odds to them, does it? Yeah, but that's not the way we perceive things, is it? No, it isn't. It uh, the way that we tend to perceive things, certainly prior to recovery, but particularly in early recovery, is that, oh, I'm being offered this, I've got to consider it. Maybe I should say yes. When, and there's never any thought of, mm. I can refuse this. Of course <laughs> I can. If I don't need it, I don't have to say yes. But I end up saying yes in spite of myself, thinking, well, perhaps I should. And I've gotten all sorts of trouble in the past for saying yes to things that really I know I should have said no to. Oh, <laughs> definitely. Especially the chemicals as well. I don't think set perfect, you know, nice evening, you know, I've had dinner, all dinner's ready to be cooked, a bit of TV, a friend knocks on the door, I've got some of this. And it's like, well, it's rude to say no, isn't it? And then before, you know, I'm up all night using drugs and... My day's wrecked. The and then day. I end up resenting the person I said yes to. Oh, it was dear. Don't, or the don't institution I said yes to. And <laughs> it becomes their fault because I know I should have said no in the first place. Uh, but for some reason, I don't have the confidence to say no in the first place. For some reason, I think, I don't know, will I end up saying yes? I'll have a little bit then. And that's how we end up doing too much sometimes as well. Yeah. And that we agree to things that we know we can't really do. Yeah. Too much? The fuck's that? <laughs> <laughs> What's too much when uh, Too much is what we all do. Yeah, I, I know there is too much, but you know. Hey, Ronnie, you haven't seen our new poster. I'm just looking at it now. We have a new poster and a new flyer. It looks very good. They will be released soon. Yeah, that's cool. And you and Matt worked on this. We did this yesterday morning, indeed. Oh, okay. Where's the cats? Nice and blue. There's no cats on there. Ah, what about the cats? <laughs> I'm working towards the idea of putting Reg and company into a cartoon. Okay. So, well, no, don't watch this space. Listen to this space. <laughs> but there will be updates on video, of course, as there are every week. Anyway, Ronnie, have you got something for us media-wise today? So, I was scouting through the different news, as I normally do, to find what's interesting and relevant and obviously it's all relevant and one that stood out was alcohol more harmful than heroin says professor david nutt that's what i got so basically what's happened is they've done a study it ranked 20 drugs on 16 measures of harm to users and to wider society so you had heroin crack and crystal meth were deemed worst for individuals with alcohol, heroin and crack cocaine, worse for society and alcohol, worst overall. I have to say that comes as no surprise. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think the world has been in denial about this for an awfully long time. Mm -hmm. I think if alcohol were new now, it would be a class A. Mm -hmm. I think because it's been around for so long, especially in England, it's such a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. England's got a massive drinking culture, isn't it? Especially when you go overseas and that, they hate the English because everyone just turns up there and gets absolutely slaughtered, do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And Alcohol has been part of the social fabric for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes back a very long way. And it's been normalised in that respect to the point where you go through whatever period of history you look at, there is alcohol there. Mm -hmm. There is alcohol being used in a certain way that's socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. It's something that we've never really afforded mm -hmm. to opiates. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, things were very different 150, 200 years ago, but it didn't have the social acceptability. You know, going to an opium den wasn't like going to a dinner party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of that, it's as if we can't get away from this idea that alcohol is okay for everybody. Mm-hmm. When actually, the amount of problems it causes, whether it's domestic violence, street brawling, mm-hmm. criminal damage, drink driving, theft, drink driving, and all sorts of things that are associated with it, and that's even without mentioning the word alcoholism. Mm-hmm. I think that is probably right. Is it a medical study? Well, this was a study looking at the harms to others and the harms to the youth. But that just goes on to reiterate what I said a minute ago. The world is in denial about the fact that alcohol is very dangerous mm-hmm. socially. It's not dangerous to someone that can just have a glass of wine at home at night. But if you look at the social effect of the one street in a big city where everyone goes to get pissed on a Friday and Saturday night, mm-hmm. there's a massive clean-up operation mm-hmm. all through the night, the morning afterwards. Mm-hmm. There's chaos on the actual street concerned all the way through the evening and yeah. into the early hours. There are various incidents in nightclubs. Mm-hmm. There are various people going on to take other stuff that they might yeah. not have taken had it not been for the booze. Mm-hmm. There are relationships that get wrecked. There are friendships that get wrecked. Mm-hmm. There is damage that occurs. There are fights that wouldn't be occurring if people weren't drunk. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on. And then some idiot gets in their car to drive. Yeah. The next morning, still over the limit, mm-hmm. and God knows what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I was looking at was obviously these more people drink alcohol than people that take cannabis, for example. So obviously the figures are going to be higher. So you're going to have more admissions for alcohol than cannabis or cocaine. Yeah, but the thing is to be admitted to hospital for an alcohol-related thing, you've got to be drinking abnormally. Mm. Yeah, of course. So basically that's what's the cost to society. But he had to have, he was actually sacked, by the way, the guy, this professor. Sacked? Was sacked because he didn't have any political influence on these figures, which obviously, we, as we know, alcohol is taxed and it's legal and, and stuff like that, as is cigarettes. Where's the well, he didn't have any political influence. Let me have a look. So it was an independent study from a drugs committee and... He was actually sacked because he was, you know, showing these results. But there was no political interest or information. So the government was basically saying, "Well, absolutely no, you can't print that, and that's that's wrong." And well, going in a long list of reports that they don't want printed. Yeah, yeah. and it's an inconvenience because mm-hmm. how much money a year do they raise from alcohol tax Massive and tobacco paper. tax? Mm-hmm. Enormous quantities of money. And it's a great inconvenience to suggest that alcohol is a danger to the fabric of our society. Yeah. And it's a great inconvenience to suggest that there's something wrong with the way people drink. I mean, okay, X percent of people, the majority that drink alcohol, don't end up in fights, don't drink drive, and don't end up in hospital. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there is a significant proportion of people, many of whom are perhaps not alcoholics, Mm -hmm. because a lot of alcoholics stay at home with the curtains closed with a bottle of white lightning. (laughs) Yeah and argue with themselves rather than with other people. Yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of people getting into this grief and there's a lot of treatment that has to take place and there are people ending up in prison mm-hmm. because of alcohol-related incidents. And that's inconvenient. 
when we take so much tax from it and we do so well from it. Of course, of course. So, yeah, that's the part. So we went on to form the Independent Scientific Committee on yeah. Drugs, which says it aims to investigate the drug issue without any political interference. And then he was sacked. I don't know who he was sacked by. This but a fully independent report to detail how dangerous and how impactful certain yeah it hasn't been are. meddled with and it hasn't been like oh hang on a minute so let's let's just overshadow that bit and well i think that's really been. important yeah. that we have something like that that isn't a pr exercise yeah. and while there are certain things in the carol black report that make it clear mm -hmm. about how treatment is way more effective than prevention way more effective than punishment mm -hmm. and the treatment is the way forward and that's something that's been bandied about by the world health organization too but a government is surely not going to stand by and say, oh, yeah, yeah, you can publish that, when actually they're making billions in tax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, I hate to say it, but it's kind of a way of keeping people quiet, isn't it? During lockdown, mm -hmm. off-licenses were essential businesses. <laughs> Hence why I wouldn't have even noticed a lockdown if I'd been on the piss during <laughs> the first start. Of yeah, yeah. Because the off-license was still open. I'm not going to lie, I didn't notice it. Yeah, and the guy in the off-licence, who I treat as my priest and my best friend, he wouldn't have mentioned Covid, would he? He'd have just taken me money as ever and listened to my bullshit story about how I've been at work all night, which is why I'm turning up in my dirty pyjamas and a hoodie at five o'clock in the morning. I think, though, the independent report is very important. However, how is that independent report going to be fully voiced in government? How is it going to be fully voiced in Parliament? They're going to have to find someone to champion it. Well, this is the problem, is it? Because the gov he was the government's chief drugs advisor, Professor David Nutt was. And yet what he's now said has made him an inconvenience. Yes. And I would suggest that's why he's been sacked. That's why he's been sacked. But he you can't say this about alcohol. You can't say that alcohol's dangerous. He vows to tell the truth, he says. So we'll see what happens with that. Because, of course, the other reality is yeah. that heroin is a form of dimorphine. And dimorphine is a medical drug mm -hmm. and is used for medical purposes. Mm -hmm. And heroin is a polluted form of it. And usually the reason why people die of heroin overdoses is because suddenly there's a much purer batch going around yeah. and they take the same amount they normally take but it's double strength so it kills them and actually if people take heroin under medical supervision mm -hmm. they could do so for 60 or 70 years mm -hmm. <laughs> it's dirty needles that make people ill it's overdoses from batches that are too pure and it's I the environment it's the crack house environment yeah. it's the lack of cleanliness it's the stealing it's all the complications that come with it Yeah. whereas actually it's just a medical chemical that's been used in another way whereas alcohol brings out the wrong in a lot of people a lot of people change when they drink don't they I think drugs alone bring out the worst in people man like for me I can only speak for me but I know for a fact that drugs bring the worst out of me whatever drug it is it's like a top trump's card I'm smoking weed I don't do fuck all I'm not motivated I'm not yeah. I'm stressed out I'm I'm anxious paranoid and if I'm doing coke yeah then I'm fucking on edge, fucking weird, like fiend. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Nores, yeah. mate. Like yeah, just yeah, completely yeah. not a nose. From smoking crack, bro. I'm I'm getting my next fuck. It's not nice. Do you know what I mean? And alcohol, same as all of this. Yeah. We've just been talking about fights. Well, that was a part of my defence mechanism, anyway. But yeah, alcohol really ramps up all alcohol that Alcohol removes logical decision making in yeah. a matter of seconds. It phys it actually physically it's more physical as well isn't it I, would you say with drugs I tend to find it's more mentally and with 
with alcohol, you know, you fall in and you're like, you're just gone. And the one thing I uncover, the more I listen to people's stories, is regardless of what their weapon of choice was, that whatever they take or don't take, it has a derisory effect on them. Mm. And the effect that alcohol had on me might be the same as the effect crack on it had on someone yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. In yeah. that there's something biochemically in the brain mm. that reacts to being stimulated like that. Mm. Whereas a normal person drinking nine litres of white frightening in a day mm -hmm. will probably end up in hospital and or in the morgue. Yeah. Uh, when I take that because it's my way of maintaining level because I'm addicted to the stuff, it also has this deleterious effect on my brain whereby my decision making goes out, out the window. Mm -hmm. I become illogical, irrational and paranoid <laughs> and difficult to be around and this is probably why I end up in a room on my own. And that whatever the chemical, it's not how much we took, it's not how much we did it, it's not where we did it, when we did it, it's about the effect it had on us. And that's why we end up in the rooms. Yeah. And even with so-called normies, the earthlings out there, if they go and get drunk, because that's the one that's mm -hmm. available to them, mm -hmm. your normies, your earthlings out there, mm -hmm. don't go to an office party and just do several lines of coke. The normal recourse for letting your hair down a bit is booze. And then someone who's basically not a problem drinker could end up having a couple too many one night, get in a fight, yeah, yeah. insult their boss and be sick on them, then get in their car and drive home and kill someone. Yeah. And that's a normal person losing. Mm. I think that's a really important thing, really important find, Ronnie. And just another one, a um, quick one. Users of Class A drugs in the UK face losing their passports and driving licences in new reports. So basically, yeah, users of Class A drugs in the UK would face losing their passports or driving licences under proposal reportedly set to be unveiled this week. So they're taking ID mm. away from Class A drug users. So let me just specify. So. How are they going to know? Is this the people that have been... So if you get caught with yeah. it, or if you get caught driving and you've got coke in your system or you've got whatever in your system, mm -hmm. they'll take... No, they'll, they'll find a way to get into medical records. Yeah. And that's astonishing. On the one hand, mm -hmm. they sack this doctor who's given them a report that says, that, no, actually, most problems are caused by alcohol. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They sack him, and now they want to turn... Class A drug users, rather than helping them or offering them treatment, we're going to take away all forms of identification. God help In other you. words, they won't be able to vote. We then take away any sense of their identity. They won't be able to rent anywhere to live because they haven't got any ID. They won't be able to get a DBS to get a job. This is turning them into third-class citizens. This is and it goes into that thing that I see again and again and again in the media stuff that you bring in, Ronnie, mm -hmm. is that alcohol is treated one way, wasted, wasteful drunk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But addicts are always treated mm -hmm. like criminals yes. in the media. Yeah. So and here we go again. Here we go Then again. now, not only are they criminals, they're now not allowed to have identification. So they're, so, they're like pushing us into this place of control. It's actually, not to put too far a point on it, it's actually fascism. Yeah. Do it my way or fuck off. But it's very much this total control and this diktat coming from on high saying you will do this, you will do that. And I think it's very dangerous to be branding people like that, saying you can't have ID, it's absolutely you can't disgusting. have an identity at all. 
You know, it's class A drug users now. Who's next? I mean, it doesn't actually, like, yeah, it's sent, they should be sent to rehabs on this, that, and the other, and given drugs counselling and stuff like that. But it's just saying, what they're saying is, oh, if you take drugs, we're going to punish you. Like, you'll punish your child, take their computer off them. We'll take your driving licence. Which car, goes against drive. the recommendations of the Carol Black report, which are about treatment, not... Punishment. Yeah, and we're, and you can't go on holiday either, so uh, there's your punishment. I, I do think that treatment is the answer. Of course it is. I treatment is definitely the answer, and rather than anything else, funding should be going into treatment rather than expecting the third sector to do everything and expecting the third sector to pick up and assuming that the third sector is going to deal with treating addicts and alcoholics. Yeah. No, is no. Birmingham City Council just assuming that changes are going to provide the only rehab that does detox like they're going to in Birmingham Birmingham's a city of over a million people <laughs> they only seem to know how to create charges for motorists and rip up roads and put bicycle lanes and chop chop this that and the other don't they well they don't put bicycle lanes in the right place I know, that's they? what I mean yeah they put them in completely the wrong so place no wonder people are on bikes on the pavement and the cyclists don't use them and then, uh, yeah, I've no have you noticed lately, there's more cyclists on the pavements than there is on yeah. the road. And they're not the teenagers that you would expect to flout the rules, yeah. But no, it's actually grown adults and driving on the pavements. I'm like, I don't it's know. not that safe, cycling on the road. That's why people do it. And round where I live, there's a lot of very wide pavements. There's a lot of very wide pavements in Acorts Green as well. Mm -hmm. And I can understand cyclists doing that there. But when it's a slightly narrower pavement, the reason why they're doing it is because they're not safe on the road. Because actually we haven't got proper provision on the road for cyclists. Yeah, they stick a cycle lane in the middle of a dual carriageway. And it yeah, in the middle of a dual carriageway and it only goes halfway. Yeah, and they expect you to drive in front of the cars. And, and it's like, yeah, fair enough, the rule is the cars have got to follow you behind. But you don't do that. What about the new rules where you're allowed to cross the road even if there's a car coming to turn so okay it's my right to cross the road but your right can't be exercised when you're six foot under because the guys mowed you down i mean what's what's all that about Do i think I mean? actually going back to this thing about branding the reality is that without treatment addicts and alcoholics are not going to respond if the way they're treated is punitive they're not going to seek recovery. No. They're just going to carry on doing what they're doing and say, fuck this, I'm just going to carry on. They'll carry on driving, they'll put um, you know. And the more we brand people, the more we single people out, the more we suggest that they are defective and wrong and deserve to be punished, punished and the less likely it is that they will come looking for treatment and come looking for help. Of course. And it gives us an uphill battle as a rehab in terms of dealing with that, yeah. doesn't it? to all that authority isn't it it's like you're telling me I can't do this yeah and of course when it comes to taking people in if you're taking someone in who's been ragtagging it around and has had their driving licence and their passport taken off them and they come into rehab mm -hmm. and you're trying to do a claim with the DWP how are they supposed to identify themselves exactly and they're, got a passport they're going to spend the first few months in rehab trying to acquire a, a passport or a driving licence or some form of ID. And what do they have to do to get it back? Are they miraculously going to stop taking drugs purely because the motive is to get their passport back? Are they fuck? Uh, it's not going to happen, is it? What are they planning here? Is it Okay, they can't have ID, right? And then if we really catch them, so lob them in mm -hmm. prison, what do we do? Just keep them there. How do they earn their ID back? This is so ill-conceived. It's all about punishing which is the last thing you do with someone who's addicted. 
It's like when you punish teenagers, eventually they get so sick of it, they just fuck off. Okay, yeah, of course, they make the rebellion and make things get worse, you know what I mean? It's like you'll get to the point where actually I can't conform to the rules of society, so I'm as I just... It's so in about <laughs> putting kerosene on the fire, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Because the problem is not going to go away no. just by taking people's ID off them. And then the guy that wants to implement this decides to have a party in number 10 with all his pals in the middle of Covid telling everyone else at the car park. Well, that's do what I say, not yeah. what I do. So they're going to really listen to that, kind of. Am I allowed to have a food? <laughs> you are, Ronnie, because you just said it. You said that. Anyway. Let's hope this is one we haven't done. I hope it's one we haven't done. You can't face going into work because you've had a couple of eye-openers and you don't want to risk being found out, but you've run out of excuses. Do you A, go back to your first excuse and hope they won't notice? B, leave a message on the answer machine about a family crisis, then turn your phone off? C, tell the truth? D, get someone else to read it on your behalf saying you've lost your voice? Or E, have another couple of drinks and go in anyway as if nothing is wrong? Admittedly, my nan's died about 12 times. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. Has she actually died though? No, no. She did lie. I've got one of my nans sadly passed away. Oh. but We've all had a few grandparents die on us, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. I, I, told I, used to, I used to say that all the time. I told my, Bad, boss, my boss bumped into my nan in an airport, right? And I told him that my nan was. It doesn't matter which one, I suppose. But yeah, they, they bumped into me. Yeah, it was my nan. They bumped into him in an airport. And she knew I was obviously blagging. She know, I've seen your nan in the airport. I was thinking, oh, well. No, she's an impersonator. <laughs> this old lady's been hanging about since the funeral and she's been pretending to be my grandmother. Came in Jack's back, Penjax. There are loads of people accosting my family. They're all impersonators. No, all my grandparents have been dead for years and the first line of impersonators are dead too because I know what happened to them. It was actually another employee and it wasn't my boss that had seen him and the employee was telling me, I was like, oh my God, if you tell this to the boss, I'm sacked. What would I do in that situation? I don't know, what would you do, mate? I think... Well, you couldn't go back to your original excuse. I like to switch it up with the excuses. Yeah, yeah. I like to switch my excuses up. Mm -hmm. Always make them fresh and believable mm -hmm. to a certain degree. I think it would be on the spot, wouldn't it? Come up with some crazy shit, man. It depends what you mean by eye-openers as well. <laughs> what eye-opener was it, you know? It's quite easy these days. Majority of the time, I just... Airplane mode. Yeah. Bang. Yeah, in yeah, a yeah. bit, mate. <laughs> that's well, what the, I do when I worked in teaching there was a list of reasons why you were off that you had to fill in yeah. on the form I just went down the list and down the list and down the list then when it came to the bottom I went back to the top of the list <laughs> of course, they got a nod of course they did because what was happening was there was a pattern whenever I started being <laughs> off I'd be off on Monday morning to start with you should have, you should eventually have I'd have Monday and Friday off and that would become a pattern and, and the first day you'd be finished, finishing early. They never noticed that I was going up and down the list. <laughs> no. That's brilliant. But actually, there was only the one period when that all happened, and it only happened over the course of one nine-month period. I was in every day, all day, other than that. But I had a breakdown at one point, and I never really got back to full force on mm -hmm. it, partly because I wasn't interested anymore and partly because I wasn't well enough. And excuse after excuse after excuse... And I think they don't have any meaning anymore eventually. Because no. bosses just think, oh yeah, he's just... And they do know. Mm -hmm. It's a question of whether they admit it to themselves or not. It's the same with everything, isn't it? I know that such and such is happening, but do I admit to myself that that's the case? 
I mean, sometimes I suppose it's like the paperwork business and probably go, oh, well, no, he's wagging. I can't be honest with all the um, bringing the parents, and the parents probably don't care anyway, and stuff like that. I mean, nowadays, like we're saying, it's easy, isn't it? You can just say COVID. Yeah, well, less so now because there's new rules, aren't there? Or rather, lack of them. Mm. So I'm doing a play at the minute, and one of the cast has got COVID and has obviously not been in because we have to be a bit more strict on regulations. Mm -hmm. But what's happened since last week is that actually you don't have to self-isolate. Yeah, I thought that was a joke. But if you've got COVID... Obviously, Ronnie, we can't do that. If we get it, we obviously can't be at work. You can't volunteer, I can't be at work. But in a lot of other places, Mm. schools are up in arms about it Mm. because they don't know whether kids are coming in with COVID or not. Mm -hmm. And I think in certain areas of work, you've got to declare it, but in certain others, I mean, up until a week ago, you had to declare it everywhere and get a week off, didn't you? Of course you did. Yeah, it's, I, I thought it was mad when I heard that, that you don't declare it. Is that, I mean, it's obviously because it's becoming less harmful than the normal flu, is it, I suppose? I think it's just part of the original plan, which is herd immunity. But then, going into the illness stuff again, people will make excuses and people have used COVID as an excuse yeah. over work, haven't they? Mm-hmm. I've heard various people I'd have been all over it if I was still at work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd have been all over it. If I was using and I was at work, oh, man, I'm over (laughs) Golden ticket. You're positive 14 days later, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, still positive. I'm (laughs) going to it again. It's a terrible thing, COVID. (laughs) Yeah. You're still paying me sick pay, yeah? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, The thing with work, I suppose, is it depends on what our employers are prepared to admit to themselves. It's the denial thing again, isn't it? Yeah. Because... If you've got someone who is clearly ill, mm-hmm. then they should be able to push them towards treatment. It's going back to the treatment thing, isn't it? An employer should be able to push an employee towards treatment if they're clearly unwell due to their use of alcohol and drugs. Whereas, what we're having now, with what you've just said about the branding of people, instead of an employer having recourse to rehab or some kind of service mm-hmm. locally within the NHS or a council service or whatever, They've actually got to think about taking away their driving license. Yeah, because it might start with Class A drug users, but it's not going to stop that. No, no, of it won't. And it's like you said, there's so much stigma on any sort of addiction and any sort of treatment centre and attending any sort of treatment centre. Oh, you've been to rehab. Oh, you've been to rehab. Yeah. So, if that was less likely, people would be more likely to come forward to their work and be like, "Look, I'm fucked." Mate, I need some help, man. And if there was situations like you just said, sending them off for treatment, people wouldn't go so far down the rabbit hole, maybe, or mess their whole life up. All this stuff do we do in addiction? You know, things may not get that bad because they may get that acceptance that we've all been yearning for. Yeah, yeah. Or, do you know and what I mean? Something and, like this branding people and saying you you can't have a driving license or sort of passport anymore that only increases stigmatisation. But you'd the still be driving. But you know punishment I mean? per se is stigmatisation anyway. Oh, yeah, the minute we only, punish yeah. people and we call people out, and the minute we call them in the media, we call them wasters or we call them criminals, that's stigmatisation per se. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then to go even further and say, right, now you can't have a driving licence. Mm-hmm. Now we've got, the only thing that happens at work is if you're under the influence, if you clearly need help. Even if you come in and say to your boss, I need help with this, I need to go to NA, to AA, I need to do this, need to do that. Mm-hmm. What's actually going to happen is you're going to get sacked. Yeah. And then you're going to have no ID, which means they won't let you sign off a universal credit until you've been all around the houses trying to find a third sector service that will help you find an ID. Yeah. yeah. Now, if there isn't a crisis skylight in the city where you live, uh-huh. good luck with the CAB. Uh-huh. 
How long are you going to be waiting before you've actually got a penny and a pot to piss in? Mm -hmm. So I have gone through CRB for my debt, mm -hmm. and it took three years to get a decision. I was doing a mental health group once a week at one time, and this guy came in to talk about advocating for people with bipolar disorder with certain benefits and with certain appeals and with all of this stuff. And he came from age concern, and he was handling advocacy for mental health along with his age concern workload, really? which meant you were lucky if you got to see him. Yeah, Having yeah, made yeah. an appointment, you were lucky if you made one for in six months. And it's a horrible cycle that I'm seeing here, this idea that, on the one hand, if you are working, mm -hmm. as soon as you admit that you've got any kind of problem with drink, let alone drugs, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there is now a widening distinction between the two, Yeah. let alone drugs, then you're sacked, right? Once you're sacked, mm -hmm. how do you support yourself? Yeah. How do you apply for universal credit, an online system, if you don't have the internet? <laughs> and how do you apply for this if you've got no ID, no means of identifying yourself, all you've got is an NI number? How do you find somewhere to live if you have to find somewhere yeah, to live? Yeah. How do you get a DBS check with no ID? You can't. No, it's crazy. So how on earth do you rebuild your life and get back to work? Now, if there aren't organisations like Changes to uh -huh. support that, and places like Crisis yeah, to support that, who the fuck's going to do it? Because there are only so many charities. And they've only got so much funding. And they apply for the funding through the government. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah. And they supply the money to them. Mm -hmm. Or they'll supply a certain amount. A grant or whatever. Or a bursary or whatever they supply. It comes through the government. Mm -hmm. Yeah? So organisations, if they're not meeting your quota, mm -hmm. they cut you. And there's a lot of organisations like Crisis that do get funding by ways and means of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing fundraising and doing all this, they get a lot of funding through that. But they do rely on the government, because you get a big well, whack, not don't you? every third sector organisation gets any government. No, government. no, I, I, like, yeah. I'm... And crisis get a lot of funding from all over the place. Yeah, that's what I mean. And changes is constantly on the lookout for various pots in order to fund what we do. Anyway, while we have talk of Reg and company being animated, they're not animated yet. They will be, but not yet. How was Brian? Oh, bugger. I know. His head's all over the place. And his headgear? I did bring him a nice mock rockery, but he was too distraught to try it on. Serious then? Oh yeah, although I did think the introduction of the headgear would make him feel included at least. I'm sure you tried, Reg. Never give up, it's my motto. No, it isn't. Well, it is sometimes. I suppose we could say that. That stretch. Oh, come on, Tom. I've got a strong form for pursuing and championing lost causes. Yeah, that is true. Although I'd like to think that Brian's not a lost Interesting. cause. Interesting. Norman. Ah, and what on earth? Didn't he tell you? Tell me what? That he was bringing the three degrees. The what? The three degrees. Oh, Reg. What? There's four of them. Oh, yeah, of course. But if there are four of them, how can they be known as the three degrees? Oh, I thought you knew them. I've not had the pleasure, no. Then you must be introduced. You didn't answer my question, Rich. Oh, yeah, Spinky, the short one at the front of the group, he is actually the third degree. Now, now I'm even more confused. Oh, good. Good? Because that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, then what are they here for? Mmm. Or shouldn't I ask? It can only be one reason. One reason? Yeah. Which is? Although, I don't remember Norman mentioning it when we played golf at the weekend. No, hang on. You were what? Playing golf. Where? Well, you didn't bring. We may have done, although in our defence, we did go there under cover of night. Even so, it's a big risk. Oh, I'm not so sure about that. But don't the llamas play there? Where? 
the golf club bridge, the golf club where you and Norman are bent. Oh, you thought we went there? Oh no, we went to the bowls club. Oh no. What? Isn't that even worse? Why? Isn't that where you had a fight with the iguana? Oh, you mean Bill? That was his name, was it? Oh yeah, we've been mates ever since. Mates? But Reg, everyone heard about the fight that you caused all that damage and the chickens got blamed and... I've got it! What? The cock! Give me strength. Evening, Tom. Norman? Bought some friends, I see. Oh yeah, they're delighted to be here. Oh good. They consider it an honour and a privilege. Oh, they do, do they? Well, Reg is briefing them, I thought... Briefing them? He's not planning another ridiculous rescue, is he? Oh no, he's just explaining that we do things here. And? Well, they're here to do the main chair after all. The main chair? Yeah. Norman, there are four of them. Indeed. And therefore... Oh, don't worry about that. About what? They don't interrupt each other. That's not actually what I was worried about. Isn't it? No. I can't think what else you'd be worried about. Well, there is a matter of the <clears throat> artwork, which is still all over the building. Ah, uh, don't worry about that, Tom. There's... Wouldn't worry about it. What are you on, Norman? Nothing. Clean as a whistle, me. I didn't mean that. And the building's clean too. Is it? Yeah, swept earlier. But there's still a huge cock on the wall. Ah, oh, you worry too much, mate. Well, someone has to. Everyone's used to the artwork now. Gives the building an anarchic feel, doesn't it? And you approve? Well, it's certainly different. Norman, I don't want to be seen as being endorsing vandalism, graffiti, nor do I think anarchy is part of our mission. But that's the beauty of all this, isn't it? I don't know what you mean. Well, we adapt. Adapt? Anyway, I've got proof it was the chickens now because I bugged their meeting. Did what? Do I detect steam coming out your ears there, Did you know about this? Oh, yeah. It was my idea. Your idea? I've expected it from Norman, but really, Reg... Honestly, what you're so upset about is an innovation. An innovation? And an important step forward. Indeed. And nobody else has ever done this before. And you both think this is normal? Oh, what's normal anyway? Nothing here is. I think I'm finally going mad. I was thinking about alpacas next. What, sending the degrees in there? It's a bit odd, isn't it? Ah, bugging their meeting. What? I did the chickens. Oh, God. Hang on. So, you didn't know, Rich? About what? Our innovative new sharing platform or Norman breaking every unwritten law there is? He's been bugging the other meetings. So I see. Norman, it has to stay between us, right? Yeah, of course. Reg, we can't allow this to go on. We'd never have proved it was the chickens otherwise. Tom, that is true. We have reason to believe there is a threat to our building and Norman has acted accordingly. Perhaps we should have a conscience. A conscience? Oh, don't worry, Norman. You won't have to use yours. This isn't a war, Reg. It's just some graffiti. Oh, yeah, but first it's a badly drawn cock on the wall, and then what next? I'll get some more seats for the degrees. They need to be in formation, you see. Are we going to hear all night, Reg? Possibly. The degrees are a living stream of consciousness, so we've no idea how long they'll go on. Oh, whatever next. Oh. The cock is still on the wall. And the three degrees, all four of them, have come to deliver a share. And I wonder how long this share is going to last. I just wonder, I just got this image of this cat. Oh, is that, cat. That's the neck, is that the neck? I'll take a it. Cat cock. Neck, so. <laughs> I don't know where that particular bit of dialogue came from, but anyway. As it stands, we have run out of time oh. for today. So, all that remains is to say thank you very much for listening. And if you've heard anything that has affected you or you think describes anything you're experiencing or the experience of anyone around you, then do seek help. Get in touch. Seek help. Um, we're here to help. You can find us at Flat Out Recovery on Twitter, on the Changes Facebook page, or you can email us at podcast at changesuk.org. 
And that's it for this week. So have a lovely weekend and goodbye. See you there, guys. Bye.